can be seated. Please follow along with me. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And it reads, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came under in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Alamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Buddy, you did pretty good on that, didn't he? That was good. <clears throat> Very good. Um, I, I think I told you that um, Vega's going to be going to a fine Methodist University in Reinhardt College where he'll be playing a defensive back there. And what's the mascot? Eagles, that's right, the Eagles, the Reinhardt Eagles. Isn't that awesome? One of our own. Uh, and I don't want to say too much, but uh, Vega is also discerning his call into ministry that he received right here. And so I want to just um, pray for him and his uh, journey through college. Uh, again, today is one of my favorite days in all of the Christian year. I love this day because of what it means for us and not just what it means for us historically but what it means for us as believers I, I can tell you this morning as I look to uh, my future and to the future of my family I am leaning heavily on the Holy Spirit of the living God to both uh, guide our paths but give us wisdom and strength and endurance uh, in the days to come. I love uh, this day. And on this day, many years ago, just from the text that we read, the God birthed through the Holy Spirit the church. So today is the church's birthday. Happy birthday to the church, right? And today the church is over 2,000 years old. You know, Part of our issue with Pentecost, and we, um, it's hard for us to get as excited, I think, as we do for Christmas and we do uh, for Easter, is that some of us are a little bit afraid of this uh, person, this third person of the Trinity uh, called the Holy Spirit, aren't we? I mean, let's be honest. 
we're just a little bit nervous about what might happen in our lives if we were to be filled or touched by the Spirit of God. Would we begin to speak uh, in other tongues? Uh, would we do that? Would we act differently? Would we do things that those around us... <clears throat> might think is, is weird or, or strange. When people in our family and in our workplace and in our schools and uh, the places where we hang out, would people look at us differently if we were really to be filled with the Spirit? You know, we have that feeling today because some of us have seen uh, those who have exploited the Holy Spirit uh, in ways that were unbecoming of what I believe God would have us to do. Uh, people have been misled. Well, we've heard, seen things on television that oftentimes make us wonder, uh, is this real or is this fake? And so uh, we uh, walk sort of patiently and concerning when we begin to deal with and hear things regarding the Holy Spirit. But let me be very clear this morning that the greatest thing that's available to you as a believer today is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It guides us into truth. It convicts us of our sin. It gives us power and the strength uh, to live life and to walk through life. It, it meets us in those places where uh, we need God both spiritually and personally. Let me tell you today, it's hard living uh, to be a Christian when you don't understand and know and have the Holy Spirit working in your life. There are certain texts that we read that can't be understood outside of a revelation that comes from the very Spirit of God. When we look at this wonderful uh, Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the inspired Word of God for us this morning, there are parts of it that we can't even begin to discern or walk out or uh, grasp the knowledge of it that outside of a revelation that comes from God through His Holy Spirit. Today, uh, my prayer is for us that we uh, would enter into this place this morning, enter, enter into this sanctuary, and today we might leave in a different way in which we came in. Amen? Uh, let us uh, pray. Almighty God, I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful for what it means for each of us and our lives as believers. And God, that you have uh, given of yourself uh, the presence of Jesus, this Holy Spirit, to come and live and dwell in our hearts and in our lives, empowering us and leading us into all truth. So God, today, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice today would invite uh, the Holy Spirit to come and live in them. Let it be so for all of us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You know, here's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The disciples were instructed by Jesus to go and to stay in the upper room. And they were to wait there until this revelation, this Holy Spirit that was promised in John 14 came. And, and I want you to know they just weren't waiting. You know how sometimes you have to, you ever had to wait in traffic before? Isn't that an annoying thing to do? We wait in it a lot, don't we? It's not like what we, the waiting that takes place when we're waiting in the doctor's office or in the grocery store line. That's not the kind of waiting they did. The scripture says that they were together, continually devoted to praying. 
See, their, their waiting was uh, consumed with a time of listening and praying that God would, in fact, show up. See, Pentecost happens exactly 50 days after the Passover. And on this day, it was uh, the custom of the Jews to celebrate two things. They were to celebrate the, the harvest that had been received. And it was also to celebrate uh, the law. And, and they called it, in fact, the harvest of weeks. And because of this special day, the city was filled with travelers from all over the world. There, there were Jews who also came from all different parts of the world. They'd come from Asia and from Europe and uh, all uh, Africa and many uh, countries. They had traveled there for this special occasion. And so you can imagine how many people were in, filling the streets and all the, that was going on uh, in the city. Uh, and then it happened. That moment that we, uh, that Vega read about this morning, that, that moment that we uh, uh, celebrate and that we worship uh, today is the Holy Spirit, in fact, came. That promised Holy Spirit to the disciples showed up. And it said that that upper room changed. You know, if you were in there and you heard the sound of a mighty wind begin to blowing in the room, when you begin to see tongues of fire that were moving around that room, room and resting on the heads of the apostles. You know, in fact, that you have entered into a new place and time, a new zone, a new way of living had just occurred in the lives of all those believers. Now, some of us say, I, wouldn't you like to, I wanted to say, wouldn't you like to be there? But some of us go, well, I just don't know if I would or not. You know, it sounds like something that we might have seen in, in a movie. And uh, maybe, maybe again, we are a little bit nervous that's okay. What I would invite you to do is know this and understand that when God shows up, he doesn't bring chaos nor confusion, but he leads us into a place of understanding. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Today, we want to be a people filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Let me tell you, when we as a church are filled with the Spirit, and I'm not talking about filling this room, the church, I'm talking about filling you, the church, then we act differently, then we look at the world in a different way. We realize that we don't have to be concerned with what tomorrow's going to bring in our lives or even in the life of this church, that we are being guided and directed by the Spirit of God. I, I, I just keep talking about it the more because I want to stand in that today, and I hope that you do, church, that you do too, church. You see, a, a church that's filled with the Spirit has a passion for people, a passion for people. I can say today and then be excited about it that you are a church that is passionate about people. If you would have just been here yesterday at the closing ceremonies of our sports and recreation program and all those folks that were filled uh, our fellowship hall from all different walks of life, from all different backgrounds, from all over this country and in this state and literally around the world with every color of skin and nationality possible was downstairs in our fellowship hall. And they do a wonderful job of making it known why we are here. This is a Christ-centered environment for families where we can have a good time uh, playing soccer and football, but our purpose 
is Jesus. See, we are passionate about people here in our church. I, I was reminded, I got a phone call uh, from a good friend of mine. He is, uh, his name is Pastor Seven, the number seven Wells. And Pastor Seven uh, has a church uh, in Smyrna. It's called the Garden. It's in an old Baptist church that uh, that it, it changed. And uh, I love his story, and I want to tell you about his story before I tell you what he does. He's passionate about people. Uh, Pastor Seven is about this tall. He's about this wide. He has arms as big as my legs. He looks like Mr. Clean. No hair. He describes himself as a former thug. That's what he says about himself. See, he was a gun runner and, and drug dealer for many, many years of his life. And one day he found himself in, a, in the Georgia State Penitentiary, locked up and in solitary confinement. Pastor Seven would tell you that he did not know how to read nor how to write, but in that jail cell, God came and God spoke to him. And then somebody, after he was out, he began to research and try to figure out who is this God who said that he was going to give me grace and give me purpose in my life. And so he began to study all of these different religions and read all these or have them read all these different texts. And one day he read the Bible. And in that moment, he began to see who the God was that spoke to him. Well, he will tell you that, that we need to know and understand that jailhouse Jesus is a real Jesus. Amen? That that's where he met the Lord. And when he left, he couldn't go back to doing what he had done all of his life. And so he started a church called The Garden. You can look it up on Google. and It'll tell you all about it. And he uh, developed that church, and he's made an area uh, in the church where he provides homes for uh, women and their children. It gives them a place to be so that they can begin to uh, move out into the world and help them get back on their feet. And I'm not talking about five or ten. I'm talking like 75, 80 uh, uh, women there and, and their children in these little apartments that they've built around the church. He also believes that it's his job to take uh, the word of God and food into the streets and so under the bridges of Atlanta on any given Saturday, you can see Pastor Seven Wells and many of those people uh, in his care and a part of his ministry uh, delivering food uh, to those in need. I want you to know this morning, church, that a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit is passionate about people. Uh, you can't know Jesus as Lord of your life. You can't be filled with the presence of Jesus in your heart and not care for people. It is not possible. You see, a church filled with the Spirit is always trying to figure out ways to go out into the world and minister to God's people. And you know, sometimes God's people don't know they're God's people yet, right? And they need to know, and they need to understand what God has 
for them. You know, a church that's filled with the Spirit, when they go, they expect something to happen. Amen? You expect something to happen when you go. Do you expect something to happen when you're uh, reading the Bible in the mornings, when you're doing your devotion, when you're praying for minister or people in your family, when you're ministering to those that you meet? Are you, do you expect something to take place? Let me tell you, I expect something to take place every time I show up and preach. Don Lewis, I'll tell on him. He said, you know, preacher, I figured once you, you decided to leave and they were going to move you, that you'd just kind of start coasting through and, and preaching easy sermons. Why, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I can't even imagine doing something like that. These are holy moments. These are incredible times. These are God's gift. Why in the we, Man, I hold this moment into high esteem. This is a, a wonderful day. See, I'm expecting something to happen today. See, a church and a people that's filled with the Holy Spirit are passionate about people, and when they go, they expect something to happen. Also, it receives a power for the task. A church, let me tell you, a church that is filled with the presence of Jesus, a church that is filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, they are filled with power for the task. You know, we have a great task ahead of us. Don't even just think about outside of 30281. Just think about right here and what God's called us to do. There is a lot of work to be done, church. We, we, the, the kingdom needs to advance uh, in this community. We need to become an agent of change more than we even are today. Uh, we need to be filled with that spirit and we need to be praying in that spirit that change is going to take place and God would give us the strength and the power and the courage to be all that he's calling us to believe to be are you filled with the spirit this morning are you filled with that power today you see, sometimes I think that when we read stories like this that we think that the disciples became Superman, you know. They could fly around and bend still and, and look through walls and, and do all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, they were just ordinary, average people. Let me tell you, there, there is more talent there are more resources. There are more education. There, there's more of everything that we need sitting right here this morning than there was in the upper room. Amen. But I'm telling you today that when this group... Just here at 8.30, there's enough people sitting right here. Not those who are going to be here at 11 o'clock. There's enough people right here when empowered by the Holy Spirit can change the world. Now, I realize that when we look around, I'm going to just preach for a moment if that's all right with you. I, I know that when we look around and we see ourselves, we go, you know what? You preach about this. You talk about this. Why do we not see anything happen? I want to ask you a question. Have you asked? Have you asked the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life? Have you asked? Have you, now, now, but you say, well, nothing happened. Well, are you in a Bible study? Are you reading God's Word on a daily basis? Are you praying every day? You see, sometimes I think that we expect this big thing out of God and from God, and then we ask it, and then tomorrow we go and do what we've always done. And I think God looks down at us sometimes, not in judgment, but he says, when y'all get serious about me, I'm going to get serious about you. Isn't that a good word? 
You see, I, I believe wholeheartedly today that if we're really serious about being who God's called us to be, if we're really serious, you know, I can get serious about things like college football. I can get excited about that. I was thinking about, uh, you know, passion means that you're enthusiastic about something. I can get real excited, Vega, about football. And I remember the most excited that I've been. I can tell you the day that it happened, the most excited that I've been in all of 2015 was the night when the old Miss Rebels uh, destroyed, I like to use that word, destroyed the Crimson Tide. I was excited when that day happens. I can remember the day. Can I take that same excitement and translate it over into my love for Jesus? Can I be enthusiastic about that? Can I rise up off the pew and go into the world and be all that God's calling me to be? Boy, I hope we can. I hope we do. I hope that we realize that the reason that Jesus moves or doesn't move in our world, in our community, has everything to do with us. See, a church that's filled with the Spirit is filled with passion for people and a power for the task. And it's a people with a purpose who on a mission for God. You know what our purpose is? Our purpose is, is not in how we worship. Our, our, our purpose is not in the church-related activities that we're a part of. Our purpose is not even found in being a United Methodist. It's in being a Christian. It's about walking that out. It's about making disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. You see, a church with a purpose is relevant. Think about it. Do you know you're relevant? Do you know you are relevant? Now, we're not where we want to be yet, but we're working towards being all that God's calling us to be. You see, a relevant church invites all people to come in. Look around you. All people. Be downstairs on any given Saturday. Season's over now, but next year, come and look and see what's going on. It's an inclusive. You know what? When you walk through these doors, you don't have to have it right. And anybody who thinks that they have it right, they need Jesus, don't they? Because we don't all, none of us have it right, do we? we? We don't have it right. We're not perfect. I can tell you today that I read the scripture, even this one I read this time, and I looked at it and I said, man, I've learned something new that I didn't know before. Because I don't have a, 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 everything that there is about this book all down pat and alive and well and working in my life. I, I'm trying to grow in that. See, we need to continue to be relevant we we try that you know what being relevant means that we oftentimes try things and even if they may not work but we keep trying don't we we, we change some worship services not for us we, we fall short if we think this is all about us if it's all about singing the way we want to sing and worshiping the way we want to worship and doing the things that we want to we fall short if we realize that is our existence why do we do that because we know that there are going to be many people today, just like every Sunday, 
are going to walk through those doors who don't know, who didn't grow up in a Christian home like you did. See, I didn't have any choice. <laughs> it, was, it was just a known fact I was going to be a Christian. I mean, you can't, be, you can't grow up in my home with multiple preachers and evangelists and district superintendents. You had to be a Methodist too. There wasn't any way around it. You just, I knew what I was going to be. Even when I tried to stray for a number of years, hallelujah, and came back, I always knew. See, the world's not built like that anymore. There, there's lots of folks driving up and down. This is a busy street, isn't it? We got this prime location right here on a hill. Y'all re read that scripture, a city on a hill. Can I? We got this prime location sitting on this hill. I didn't mean to yell in y'all's ear. Let me back up. <laughs> prime location sitting on this hill. And shouldn't we, if we want to be relevant, if we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, shouldn't we be about going out into the world and uh, letting this light shine in this place so that those who come in learn and know the grace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ? Isn't that what it's all about? You see, here's what I hope. I hope today that you don't go, because I've heard this, that you don't say, gosh, when Andy gets here, everything's going to go back to normal. It ain't. What's normal? Normal is that we're relevant to those in the community. You know, if we live in other places, we might sing country music. I don't know. I mean, I've heard some really good Christian country music. We'd do whatever it takes. We, we want to present the unchanging gospel in a changing, drastically changing world. See, a church filled with the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit of the living God wants to be relevant and inclusive. I want you to think about this for a moment. See, we can learn from the mistakes of others. You remember, um, at, well, you don't remember, but you've probably read about it. At the turn of the century, 1800s to 1900s, not this one. The, the, the strongest industry, the, the richest people, some of the richest people in the world were those uh, uh, railroad barons of the day. You remember that? They owned it all. They owned transportation. They controlled commerce. They were everything. But they didn't understand what their purpose was. Because, see, this new thing came into play in the early 1900s. You remember what it was? It was the automobile and a new way of transportation was taking place right before their eyes. And I love what Tom Peters, who's in his story, said. He said, they didn't understand what business they were in. See, they thought they were in the uh, railroad business when, in fact, they were in the transportation business. And because they didn't understand their purpose, they couldn't see the opportunity in front of them. Had they seen it, you know what we'd be driving today? We'd be driving a Gould instead of a Ford. Fast forward just a little bit into our modern time right now. You are witnessing in your lifetime the end of the newspaper era. You're witnessing it. You're watching it. See, I worked for Gannett for a number of years uh, my, myself in the summers. I've been a part of that. See, the newspaper industry thought that they were in the printing business that's not the business they were in 
They were in the news and information business. And all of a sudden, a change took place in our society. And this whole thing called the Internet came out. Y'all remember when everybody on your street, there was a newspaper laying in their driveway on Sunday morning? Do you remember that? How many of you, the only thing that we get thrown in our driveway now are those little weekly things that give advertisements that we treat, keep trying to call to get them to stop, you know? We, we don't want those things anymore. Today, less than 5% of our world says that they receive news and information via the newspaper. Go a little bit further. Sports Illustrated magazine. Had they realized that they were in the sports information business, Instead of the printing business, you'd be watching the Sports Illustrated channel today and not ESPN. Motorola, any of you have a Motorola phone? You don't. They had 94% of the market less than a decade ago. But they chose, who needs a smartphone? We don't want to do that. You get my point. You see, if the church, as the church, when we don't realize that our purpose in the world is sharing the unchanging gospel in a changing world, when we don't understand that our purpose in life is to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our world, is to share this message of God's love and God's grace. See, our purpose is not in organs and pianos and pews and all this. And let me tell you, I, I am a long generation Methodist. I mean, I am uncomfortable, as a matter of fact, when we get outside of pews and pianos. Just let me be honest. I am. I, I like tradition. I love it, as a matter of fact. How can we celebrate yesterday? And be excited about what God's doing today. I'm going to leave that with y'all to figure out. But I hope what you do is you say, you know what? We want to be Christ's church in the world. We want to be a, a people who are passionate about people. We want to be a people who know that our power is not in ourselves, but it comes from a living God at work in our hearts and our lives. And that we're a people with a purpose on a mission for Jesus. There's some folks in this room who've experienced God because of you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we're thankful today that you love us. God, that you... Um, you want to uh, be amongst us, God, that you sent your, your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live in our hearts and in our lives. And so, God, today, I pray, Lord, that you would use us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. God, that we'd be a people of passion, that we'd be a, God, we'd be a people of power, and God, we'd be a people of purpose on mission for you in the world. Let it be so for us today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, but I long to rise.